Let's rock. Hello, yes, Dan Eisen here. This is the master of Tiger style, Lee Moriarty, Dominic Carini. This is Trey Lamar. This is Zoe Sky. This is Nick fucking Gage. This is Bobby Beverly, and you're listening to the IWTV Guide Podcast. And welcome to IWTV Guide, your guide what's on independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jared J. Hawk Hawkins, and joining me as always, the man who's overqualified for WWE Creative, Charlie Butter. Ain't that something, man? Like, literally, like, if you listen to this podcast, you are overqualified to be on WWE Creative. <laughs> Bobby Ashley. <laughs> I, I, I don't blame, don't blame her. Like, I mean, she, yeah, she just took the job. That's, yeah. I mean, whatever. She's looking for a job. And then she lost the job for going public about how stupid the practice is. <laughs> to hire people that have no clue what they're doing. Oh, here's the thing. I get, I get WWE wants to be a TV show and they don't want to be wrestling. I understand that. I get that. But like, I know jack shit about TV production. I'm going to go apply for Kevin Dunn's job. <laughs> I, have just, I have just as much quality there. It's kind of non-wrestling fan has to be on creative. Right. I don't know, man. I mean, it is what it is, I guess. I just, they're, they're not for diehards anymore. It's not, I don't know. Like, they haven't been for a while. It is, like, I've completely, like, stepped away from them. I don't really pay attention. Like, I hear stuff because my boss watches it, so he, he'll try to talk to me about it. But I'm like, I, I don't watch anything. I don't watch pay-per-views. I haven't watched anything. I don't even watch NXT anymore. I just, watch, I watch indie wrestling. That's it. I've hit that point with WWE, like, if I'm home before whatever show start is, is gone that night start, I'll try to watch it. But, like, if I come in five minutes, even five minutes late, all right, I know it's an opening interview. I don't care. Yeah. That's, uh, where, that's where I'm at. Unless, unless I know there's a match on it that I really want to see. Yeah, I have no, no interest. I'd rather watch, you know, whatever's on this week live on IWTV or whatever. I just I don't really watch that much except for what we review. So <laughs> some other stuff sometimes. Oh man. So did you get a chance to listen to the interview last week? I did. What'd you think? Really good stuff. Thank you. A 40 minute movie kind of took me out a little bit, but yeah, I, well, I, 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 we don't want it to be a strict wrestling interview either. I mean, I get that. No, I told him, I was like, I want to talk about movies and then I want to talk a little bit about wrestling at the end. Cause obviously we're going to tie it into they had a show Friday. So I was like, but that's, I wanted to do that because, like, he, he seemed to be really knowledgeable about movies on, on Twitter. So I was like, oh, that'd be a really fun interview. Like, just talk about movies. So I jumped around a lot because my mind was just going constantly while we were talking and, like, kept getting off topic. And yeah. I, I do like that you have legitimate heat with them. You didn't like Alien Inception of all damn things. <laughs> but. Well, oh, you mean Covenant? A Covenant, I would yeah, yeah, Covenant wasn't. I, uh, I just, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, I, I wanted to like it. I liked some of the actors in it, like Danny McBride was in it and stuff like that. But the characters were so fucking stupid. They just made me so angry. I was like, I can't, I, I, I can't like this film. I, none of them, like I wanted them all to die and I didn't care for it at all. I was just like sitting there like, why am I watching this? This is stupid. I haven't seen it, which is clear from the fact that I didn't know what the name of the fucking movie was. <laughs> oh man. Well, I guess we should uh, get to what's on and all that fun stuff. All right. What's on IWTV? All right, so Tuesday, June 29th at 10 p.m. Eastern, we have the premiere of Camp Leapfrog Killian Vision. And Wednesday, June 30th at 7 p.m. Eastern, we have Fight Club Pro Wrestling Mochilla Season 1, Episode 1. Uh, I follow that at uh, 10 p.m. on Wednesday, June 30th, with the premiere of UWFI Rules Super Middleweight Grand Prix Episode 2. 
Thursday, July 1st, we have a live broadcast of Beyond Masterclass at 8 p.m. Eastern. And Saturday, July 3rd, 8 p.m. Eastern, again, we have ICW No Holds Barred Pit Fighter X9. And Sunday, we got a double shot. Uh, we have it uh, July 4th at 5 p.m. No Peace Underground, This Hell is Home. And at 7 p.m. Eastern, ICW No Holds Barred, Volume 14. And that's what's on IWTV this week. Yeah, no, no disrespect to the ITW No Hold Bar group. I try to watch one of the Pit Fighter show. I got like half a match in and went not for me. Yeah, it's. I mean, they, the the thing with the, what they do is like the the bad part is I get why they do it, but at the same time, it's like they don't spread themselves out. So it's like, oh, we're gonna have four shows this weekend. It's like I don't want to watch four fucking shows of like death matches. Yeah, like. Give me like one a weekend or something like one weekend every month or I don't know. It just it feels like there's just too much in one weekend. And like they did this weekend. Now they're doing this coming weekend. It's a lot. Uh, this coming weekend. I expect it. They try. They try to go off with the July weekend. Yeah. I mean, they're obviously they're going to be going up against GCW with their shows. So it makes sense. But still. Yeah. There's a lot of talented guys there. They've got their audience. I, I'm not I'm not going to knock it. If I hear something really good, I'll watch it after the fact. I'm not going to make the effort to tune in. That's just that's my personal preference. Nope. I don't like reffing them either. <laughs> they will if they're paying me, but yeah, but, but yeah Deathmatch is not my thing. All right. Well, let's get into our main event. The Weekly Review. All right. We're going deep in the archive for this one. We've got Jerky All Pro Wrestling Halloween Hell. October 30th, 2004, from the Rawway Rec Center in Rawway, New Jersey. Uh, this show all over the place. It's a product of its time. Yeah. It was very much a super indie show, so there's lots of names on this show. Um, there's, I've never seen a Jersey All-Pro show. That's kind of why I kind of wanted to do this. Like I'd always read the results and stuff, but I never got to see one. Uh, so like seeing the Rawway rec center and that crowd with Jersey all pro, I thought was very interesting. The camera angle they chose for the most of it was very interesting. Wasn't dead center on the ring. It was at an angle, uh, for the hard cam. And they use that hard cam for the majority of everything. Like they very rarely switch to the ringside cam. It felt like now, now Jersey all pro at this point in time, probably the number three independent promotion out there. And you could even maybe even argue number two ring of honor was definitely number one at this point. And it probably between PWG and Jerky All Pro, probably two and three. Uh, CZW was really up there too. Yeah, that. Yeah, I could. You could throw that. Definitely throw them into the mix at that point. And PWG was really just starting to find its footing. Mm-hmm. So I would probably put Jerky All Pro ahead of them, based off of that. But but we start off the show with a commercial for Rick Over Esquire, which I thought was really well done. Yeah. 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 Basically acting like it was a commercial for his law firm. It was really really well done. Then we get Mark Clemkin and Monster Mac on commentary. And right off the beginning, they're talking about how they're going to do all the interview with the commentator cam. It's going to be Clemkin on the camera and Montemac <laughs> conducting the interview. And these interviews are all over the place yeah. throughout the show. Uh, first one of those interviews is Montemac interviewing Beef Wellington. Yes. And that Beef Wellington being Beef, Wall- Beef Wellington, like, it's hilarious. Yes. Explaining the origin of the ass punch. Yes. Fun stuff. Yeah, real, real fun. Uh, I love Beef. Uh, it's... There, there, if you, as, as you, we go through this show, you're going to realize why we picked this show because there's just so many, like of my favorites on this show. I was like, I, I had a hard time choosing between two different shows and 
Uh, one name that uh, we do not speak on this show uh, was on one of the other shows, and that's why this got picked. Uh, even though in the semi-main events of the show, there's still somebody that yeah shouldn't be talked about. But yeah, but I, I, at some point though, if we're doing older show, we have to talk about people we don't want to talk. Yeah, about. that's true. Right down to it. And then we have another commentator cam segment with Montemac interviewing Ekkek Nine. Yes. Who is a really good technical wrestler. I never realized that. Like I remember watching IWS stuff and getting into them a real big when they kind of blew up at CZW. And uh I never really cared much at that time for technical wrestling, but he had a lot of really good technical stuff that he does in the match coming up. And it's uh, I really appreciated it now that I probably didn't I wouldn't have appreciated it then because I was all about the high spots and all that. So uh, the first match we get on the broadcast here is a four way match. Ekka 69 versus El Generico versus Beef Wellington versus Kakietti. Yeah, so if you go by what the match card says in the uh, before you click uh, play on this, it is not anywhere near that. It's all changed up quite a bit. Yeah, go. Um, yeah, go. We have 10 matches listed for the main show. There were two dark matches, apparently, according to Cage Match as well. Okay. We got seven matches on this broadcast. Yeah. Which we still got almost three hour out of the show, which is what I expected with a 10 match show. Right. I'm really not that upset we didn't get the other three matches when you think about it. Yeah, I'm not upset about it either. I had no interest in the ones that pretty much got cut. So, yeah, but, this four way was wild, of course, you know. Yeah, they, they enforced legal men for like the first two minutes, and then it just turned into more of a scramble, and then it just yep. turned into more of a tornado. And yep, all over the place. Yeah, all over the place. I mean, really fun stuff. Uh, there was one spot here, and I'm glad commentary pointed that out. Wellington was going for like a it went, got like a double boot to the face coming off the top. <laughs> yeah, going for the axe handle when they were both down. And then even and even Clemkin was like, "What the hell was he going for that he got hit like that?" <laughs> he could have jumped to nowhere, man. That's what it was. But like, if you're going for the if you're going for the axe handle, like, why are you doing that when they're lying down in the first place? Like, just, mm, I don't know, man. <laughs> he going for a double axe punch when hoping to just time it when they stood up. Like, I don't understand. Nah, he's just a goofy character. Like, he just does weird shit. Because <laughs> he did get an ass punch eventually. Yeah. On a bare-assed uh, Sexy Eddie. Yeah. A lot of duplexing from everybody in this one. Yeah. Uh, we, we start Montemac going the difference between El Generico, Ole Ole Chant, and Kamoa Joe, Ole Ole Chant. Oh, man. Uh, it was Generico pitting Sexy Eddie with the Brain Buster, 12 minutes and 15 seconds. The top rope Brain Buster. Top rope Brain Buster. Onto the actual top rope turnbuckle. And... Mark Clemkin did the long drawn out brain buster like eight times. Yes. Like after the third one, I get what you're going for. Right. That's enough. Yeah. <sighs> From there, we get a pre-taped Roderick Strong promo. He got a match against Kevin Dean coming up, mm-hmm. which is going to air next. <laughs> yes. And the reason I'm bringing this up is the actual opening match on the main show with Kevin Matthew against Rush Margera. Yes. Then between these two matches should have been Andriel against Justin Payne. And the collusion against the H-Effect for the Drew Kyle Pro Tag Team title. Yes. <laughs> we'll get into those matches a little later on. If we do get a little bit about them. Yep. Well, we have the match for the IWF Heavyweight Championship. It is Roderick Strong against Kevin Steen. Kevin Steen, the defending champion here. And I got to see this match for the ROH title uh, in Pittsburgh uh, when Steen was champion back in when, when he was uh, ROH champion. So, kind of interesting. They've faced each other several times. Yeah. So, Strong is obviously going to work the back. And Steen the, works the neck, yep. So, yeah. It's actually uh, trying to weaken each other for their finisher. That's pink psychology that you don't get anymore. 
probably because of what happens when you have writers on creative. Oh, geez. We're going to do this all day, aren't we? <laughs> no, probably not, but... Yeah, but it's it back and forth. There's not really a, a heat sequence. There's not really a comeback. It's, yeah, Geiger, it's back and forth most of the way. Lots and lots of near falls. I didn't write a lot of notes on it because this match was really good. I was just watching the match. Yeah, I mean, like, Steen hit a lot of his signature stuff. He had a moonsault. The crowd thought it was going to, you know, give him shit because he almost botched it, but he hit it perfect. Uh, he hit his twister uh, back suplex. I mean, it was a lot of good stuff. Roderick was hitting a lot of good stuff. It was a good match. And it was Dean via package pile driver, 12 minutes and 40 seconds to retain the championship. Yes. From there, we go back to the commentator cam and Montemac interview Cam Punk. And that's leading to Cam Punk versus Glow Key. Yeah. Now, apparently, the running angle on this was they kept stealing Teddy Hart's shoe. <laughs> because the match started with Teddy Hart coming out and stealing his shoe back. Yeah, the uh, strong style thugs were like, that was like a, you know, a street thing. Yeah. I do remember going to an ROH show around the time where Samoa Joe threw a shoe at Jack Evans, and Jack Evans did like a Marty Janelli cow of it. <laughs> what can Justin Jerky all pro that shoe were like a major part of what was going on? But yeah, this is definitely low key being heel, mm-hmm. which is great, man. Low key, great heel. Gangster low key. Yeah. Come very natural to him, actually. Uh, come great technical wrestling early on here. Uh, Low-key, dropkick Punk off the ring apron into the guardrail. That's where the heat sequence started coming in, where he really started taking control. Uh, Fake the whip into the guardrail, whip Punk into the ring instead, flip the crowd off. Like, fuck you, you don't get the Irish weapon. Give me an Irish weapon into you. Yeah, he, uh, Low-key really dominated this match quite a bit, too. Yeah. Uh, at one point, Low-key just kicked the referee, Sean Hanson, into Cam Punk. Uh, Punk go for the Pepsi plunge at one point. Low-key just biked him in the dick to break it. <laughs> Yeah, and then he hits uh, his his double stomp right right in the stomach. Which was only good for two. No, yeah, he didn't get the win with it. No, Wasn't didn't. even the finish. No, as a matter of fact, it was a cheap pin, feet on the rope. Yep, roll up, feet on the ropes. 15.55. After all that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really, it really was surprising like, how much Loki had control of that match. Yeah. You get another sequence uh, with the commentator cam. This time, Montemac interviewing Jay Lethal. And apparently, Rick Cover Esquire have found a way to ban Jay Lethal's parent from the building. <laughs> so their normal geek at the Railway Rec Center are empty. You would think that would lead to something on this show, but like just mentioned, and that was pretty much it. Now we go from that to a battle for the Jersey All Pro Wrestling Light Heavyweight Championship. Jay Lethal defending against Conjay Dutt. Yeah, that's a really good match. This predate the angle between them over Cocal Val and Black Pachimbo of marrying Elizabeth. <laughs> Yeah, this is pre-impact, pre-TNA wrestling, these two having this match. And uh, the only thing I really remember from this is, is the finish, that big DDT off the off the ropes. Which was really nice. Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely fantastic. Another back-and-forth match. Again, a lot of near fall. Uh, lower pace than you would expect from these two guys, which commentary pinpointed out on. Mm-hmm. Like, these guys are normally fast pace. They're... And what can I do with a slow match? It was just, you expect them to be going 100 miles an hour, and they were going just at a normal, steady pace. Right. Some pretty good stuff there. After the match, Cover comes out with Agriel to confront Jay Lethal. He wants another shot at the Light Heavyweight Championship. Lethal agrees to it as long as title versus career, which Agriel was not happy about. <laughs> and during this, they mentioned Agriel's match earlier in the evening, which we did not see. Yes. So apparently they were doing commentary live to tape and just edit everything after the fact. Yeah, I think like Modtron Productions or something did the was doing like their video editing. So this is like a VHS release of this. Right. So 
Okay, and then we get highlights of the matches we missed earlier. We get highlights of Matthew against Agriel, which I didn't even show the finish up. Agriel Majera, I'm sorry. No, it was Azrael and uh, uh, Matthew against Majera. Yeah. I'll get it right eventually. <laughs> no, we didn't. We didn't even get. The, we didn't, don't even see the finish of it. They just showed like two clips of it that acknowledge that the match happened, and that would get. It's probably the best two parts of the match, probably. Probably. <laughs> Uh, we didn't get the commentator came with Rick Nover Esquire, and I have no notes about that interview. Like, it just went over my head. Uh, who did he? Oh, with Rick. Risk. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, from there, we get highlight of Agriel against Justin Payne. It was Justin Payne initially getting the pin after using a chair, and then the, the kids are getting reversed because Silver filmed it and showed the tape to the referee. <laughs> now, apparently, we have instant replay in Jersey All Pro in 2004. Yeah. If you film it yourself. If you have a, you know, lawyer that can make these things happen. Yeah. We then have a commentator came with the Christopher Street Connection, a gimmick that would not work in 2021. And a word is said that should never be said. Yeah. Uh, definitely a product of its time. Uh, definitely didn't agree with that, but was really shocked when I heard it. I was like, oh, holy crap. All right. Yeah, and the kind of thing was, I've Cody from 40 years of watching wrestling that it, I go like, oh, that wouldn't work today. That was like the extent of my shock and all on it. Yeah, just. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a completist. I don't mind it being here, but I wouldn't want it on a show today. Right. We didn't get highlight of the collusion against the H effect. And it was the collusion getting the win after a problem cover to deranged. And then the Christopher Street connection coming in and jumping them afterward. So they're building something between those two teams. Yep. And then we get the commentator cam with Kamoa Joe. And talking about Cooper Dragon to some extent, but mostly talking about Dan Moff. They've got a they've got a thing going here. Yeah, I think he was trying to get like a title shot because he's the ROH champ, and yeah. he wanted to face the Jersey All Pro champ. So yeah, and that leads us to Cooper Dragon versus Samoa Joe. All right, so Joe is diffing Dragon early. The Cooper Dragon credit he's fighting back. He's giving oh, it yeah. back to him. Oh yeah, so that fantastic. Real simple story here. Joe got a power advantage. Dragon got a speed advantage. Which one gonna Which one couldn't prevail? Mm-hmm. Perfectly fine with that one. I forgot about Joe Golayole spot until actually I know I, like I, they mentioned it on the commentary in the opener and I kind of like they kind of glossed over it right and then it, and then he dunked the Olayole yeah Yakuka kick on the floor here and oh yeah he did do that yeah <laughs> uh, Joe at one point gets a cradle Death Valley driver for two not the Muckle Buster it was a Death Valley driver right Dragon was able to get a few near falls before Joe did get the Muckle Buster in only about nine minutes yeah it didn't need to be super long no. I was just shocked it was only nine minutes, especially coming out how come the earlier matches could go on. Right. From there, we get the commentator cam, Homicide and Low Key, talking about Jack Evans and Teddy Hart. And Teddy Hart, he got somebody to come after you know, after them, and it doesn't matter who it is, we're going to take care of them too. Mm-hmm. And then, they could beat, we were told that it's the main event. Right. So this must have been the main event live, but this was not the main event on the tape. <laughs> Homicide and B-Boy with Low Key in the corner, taking on the Hart Foundation of Teddy Hart and Jack Evans. And it starts off like it's going to basically be a tornado match, and they're all over the place, and then it's scheduled into a normal tag match, and it's like, why we start that hot? Well, I, uh, the crowd was going crazy for yeah. all of it anyway. Like, Homicide was beat there, you know, Jack Evans was the the uh, sacrificial lamb, getting the shit beat out of him, getting pile drove, just getting destroyed. Uh, he finally makes that hot tag, and they hit that uh, spot with the moonsault. Uh, he has, who did he have up? Uh you have homicide up. Did Teddy Hart have homicide up on him uh, in his shoulders? Uh, hard, uh, hard had B boy up in the torch rack. And yeah, springboard off of him. Hit the yeah, Jack Evans jumped off the top rope and then landed on B boy's stomach and then tried to do a moonsault off of him to the outside and looked like he ate shit on the ring apron. But 
seemed okay afterwards, <laughs> but holy shit, the crowd went crazy for it. Oh, yeah. I am never not entertained by Jack Evans, especially when he's calling. Yeah, he's crazy. Yeah, because even even t- even today, like he is still really really super flexible. Go hit when he, go, you can put him in like eighteen million positions. Yeah, make a mission hold look devastating, he, and his facial expressions are fantastic. Yeah, like you could you could you could have a twenty minute draw where it's just twenty minutes of Jack Evans getting the shit kicked out of him, and I'd watch. I feel bad for Kane because I like Jack Evans. <laughs> uh, at one uh, at one point, they actually did like a shooting star. Demolition decapitation. Yeah. Evan kept the backbreaker and hard to the shooting star prep you know, onto it, which was night. Yeah, there was uh, the double team Bulldogs uh, Steiner spot by the uh, by B Boy and Homicide. Uh, a lot of good double team moves in this. Sean Hayden can go down again. Surprise, surprise. Homicide goes to get a chair and the lights go out. When the lights come back up, the Carnage crew are in the ring. Commentary coming out like they're going to help Homicide, and nope, they turn on him. That, yeah, Teddy Hart paid them off. That leads to the Hart Foundation getting a win. As somebody who followed ROH pretty religiously the first couple of years, couldn't kind of call the Carnage crew. I was like, okay, they're attacking Homicide because that was the feud in ROH for like the entire first year. <laughs> Go like, they, yeah, Mont- Montemac and Clem are acting shocked, and I'm like, okay, I would have been more surprised if they hadn't turned on them. Right. Homicide is, is pinned by Teddy Hart after the heart attack in 1422. We then have a commentator cam, Trent Atkin being interviewed regarding his match with Dan Moff. Main event going to be two out of three fall, and he's going he to take two straight. And then we get the main event on the tape, become my final on live. Yeah. Drinking all pro heavyweight title, two out of three fall, Trent Atkin against Dan Moff. And apparently Dan Moff is sick during this, running like 104 fever. Yeah, so the big story, and Trent Atkin really just need to outlast Dan Moff. Like, he doesn't really have to go to win it early. If he can extend the match, he probably got a better shot of winning it. Right. But he wants to win in two straight, because that's not what we get. Right. I have a ton of notes for this one, actually. Good, because I don't I don't take notes. <laughs> I take mental notes. And I watched all of this match, and I just, I thought it was all right. It was just, I was kind of worn out by everything else at this point. I was like, all right, I'm kind of ready to be done. And so, after get a draping netbreaker, and then right into, like, a guillotine moon fault, and it looked bad. And, like, Moff just doesn't end up getting onto where he, like, went back parallel to the mat at any point. Mm-hmm. It'll just look awkward. I don't. I don't. I'm not saying that to knock it, but sometimes stuff like that looks too perfect. Right. And it's not believable in that cake. This cake does look a little more believable because it doesn't look good. Right. Uh, they were outside the ring, into the crowd, like three minutes in. They're not out there very long. Akin hits a tornado DDT onto a chair, followed by a Yakuka kick. Went the first fall, five minutes and twenty seconds. He locked a sleeper hold early in the second fall. Two separate times, the hand dropped three times. Yeah, and the ref doesn't. And let the referee doesn't call for the bell. And like the and like the second time I kind of get it, it's like the hand drops and like went right back up. But like the first time it didn't even do that. It's like Moff just didn't realize the hand was dropping. All right. But the match continues. We do get a, another Yakuka kick from Atkin. Get another Yakuka kick from Atkin. He gets the pin at eight forty nine. But wait, the foot will go on the bottom rope, and referee Paul Turner comes out to tell the referee, "Hey, hit foot been on the bottom rope for like five minutes." Yep. Got the match continue. Yep. Moff starts making a little bit of a comeback here. Get the get the roll up. Yeah. Yeah, during the argument, get a couple of kibashi kuplekin in. Samoa Joe comes out to ringside, clearly on camera, and clearly Monster Mac and Clemkin are not watching any kind of monitor. They're just needed watching the rain, but neither one of them caught it. Right. We do finally get a kuperplek kibashi style from off to even up the match here at 9.55. At this point, we see Samoa Joe hop up on the apron in a confrontation with him and Moth. Joe hack a chair, referee Sean Hankin tries to get it from him, and then turn and then smack in Moth right in the face with it. 
Hank controlled that well, like, oh shit, what the fuck did I do? Yeah, yeah, he he controlled that really well. Yeah. Hank can immediately go for the pin, and Hank doesn't want to count it because he don't. It can, it's his fault. Right. Finally gets fourth to count it. Counts to three. Wave it off because it's only two. And then they're gonna and then go for another count again, and then Jeff Bailey kicks out again. By my count, it's four falls to one for Trent Hackett at this point. <laughs> like yeah, they, like, pretty much. Like, if they can get an Iron Man match, like, Hackett's running away with it at this point. Right. <laughs> Still legally 1-1. One, one. And we then get a bunch of near falls, a, a bunch of big moves, a bunch of counter. Uh, Moff ha- go for a Boston Crab, can't get the pin, then ends up turning it into a Captain Crunch commission, can't get the commission off of it. Hackett gets a small package for two. Moff avoids the Akuka kick, hits the burning hammer, gets the pin, approximately 15 minutes and 23 seconds. I, I, that time could be off because of the, between the time it stopped and the restart and that right. kind of thing. I'm, I'm not going to swear that's the correct time of the match. But if I might count, Akuka will head forward to two and lost the match. <laughs> after the after the matches, we get a music video, uh, highlight for the show, the song State of Mind by Enrage. <laughs> We get a promo from Teddy Hart, Jack Evans, and the Carnage crew bragging about what they did earlier on. And then for whatever reason, we get commentator Cam with Montemac interviewing fans before the show ever started. Right. Look at how they go off the air. Yes. Green Lantern fan went the first one. Okay. Well, but the rest were all like hot women yeah. in quotations. Uh, and them just checking them out on camera. I'm just, yeah, very. Uh, yeah. None of these <sighs> interview, none of these interview, especially the one with Green Lantern fan would have flown in 2021. Yeah. But that they went off the air with the pre-show stuff. Yeah. And so overall, I like the show. I'm going to give the show a thumbs up. Yeah. The matches were really good. I enjoyed every match on this card. Nothing bad. Most of it makes sense. What what probably was bad was cut, so we didn't have to really see the whole thing. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a thumbs up too. Uh, this was again a 2004 super indie type card. You're gonna have lots of name guys on it that are you know legends and 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 WWE stars and. and, and AEW stars now so it was really cool uh i would definitely check out some of their other stuff that's on there from the from the library uh if you get a chance there's they have quite a few shows up on there uh it's definitely an interesting time capsule of 2004 pro wrestling yeah yeah but the editing on the show all over the place so work on it mod trump because i know you guys follow us so you're probably going (laughs) to listen to this so i don't know what you guys were doing back in 2004 smoking too much weed or what but goddamn I, I, it's hard to it's hard to insult seventeen year old editing, but yeah. like at, at the same time, like who knows what was going on then? I mean, that, that it was indie wrestling back then. There wasn't technology wasn't where it is now, and all the crazy stuff we have now. So it's it is what it is. I wouldn't just cuddle for everything being in order. Like if you're not going to show the full match and show the highlights, like where they went. I thought it was fine with what they did. They got they, all the matches I wanted to see it were on there. That's the only thing I really cared about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like, but like. You, you talk about Agriel's match earlier in the card and then show the highlights like 10 minutes later. Like, mm. yeah, it's little stuff like that just kind of take you out of it. Like, he didn't ruffle earlier. What are you talking about? Oh, now I get, no, I, I, you could have shown the highlights when it, when it happened and that way the commentary makes none. And swapping the last two matches, like, <laughs> like commentary at the end of the tag match even said, well, they could put a great card. We'll see you next time. And yeah. then like a whole another match after it. Yeah. I don't know why they did that, but I guess because they want the title match on last, but they had to go on last because if you know of teddy hart wanting to be the man i don't know i'm sure there was some stupid reason why they had to go on last live but they flip-flopped it to whatever i don't know well i'm not gonna try to pick the mind of something 17 years old at this point and try to figure that out from back then so 
the, the real answer is probably they thought it made sense at the time. Yep. That's probably the real answer. I, we probably spent way too much time on it than we should have. Yep. Uh, so why don't you hit your plugs and uh, let's get out of here this week. Follow me on Twitter at RefJayhawk, Instagram at Jayhawk1539, Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash RefJayhawk. Uh, tentatively, I will be managing for Rubber Kitty Wrestling August 14th at the Akron Turner Club in Talmadge, Ohio. Cool. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to us. And don't forget about our merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Check out our podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, the Super Fantastic Podcast, and If You Catch My Grift. Check out our other friends, pwponderings.com, Big Starks Brand, Set Tab Photo, Smoking Jay's Barbecue, and Kayfabe Collectibles. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Charlie underscore Butters, and you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at IWTV Guide. Talk to you next week, everyone. So what's the point of finding calm when calm to me is unsettling? Settle down, little K, your bones are shaking in your skin. Go and try and take a breath, though, nothing more, nothing less. Typical story, the king who had it all, except for citizens who didn't want his head of all the walls. Typical story of the wife who couldn't quit, being in love with such a giant piece of shit. It's the story of the queen who could never, ever think of any redeeming qualities a man could ever bring. It's the story of the I don't really need much, just a place to be alone, and you don't really see much. I think that I'm invisible. My mirror shows another guy. A guy doesn't do shit, he just sits and is miserable. Everybody's gotta live a life, and they didn't ask for why. Would he put me here just to die? Why would he put me here just